Hello everybody and welcome back once again to our Knowledge Group podcast where we take a forward look at what speakers intend to cover at future Knowledge Group programs. This time we're turning our attention to our August 19th event, the California Consumer Privacy Act. Taking a look at some regulatory trends and challenges, we'll be doing so August 19th from 3pm Eastern Standard. But if you're not able to make it, don't worry, we will be recording the program and making it available on demand at a time to suit you. Now, on this webcast and indeed on the event itself, we'll be hearing from Jana Terry, a partner at Beckstead Terry PLLC, as well as MJ Wilson Billick, a partner at Eversheds Sutherland LLP. We'll also be hearing from Ken Dort, a partner at Fager Drinker Biddle and Wreath LLP. And finally, we'll be hearing from Charu Ganesh, a, an associate at Varanam. LLP. More information about our panel, about the full agenda and how to sign up and listen to the program will be found in the description box down below. You'll also find the code PODCAST25 and when used at checkout, PODCAST25 gets you 25% off your very first paid webcast registration, so it's well worth keeping a note of. But without further ado and enough from me, let's turn things over to our speakers now. Sure. So I'm Jana Terry. And I practice law in Austin, Texas, uh, in my own firm. And uh, I focus my practice on privacy and compliance law. Um, And the CCPA definitely has me busy. Um, So uh, as people probably know, the CCPA went into effect uh, January 1, but the regulations have taken a lot longer to um, become drafted and finalized and argued over. And uh, just recently in June, uh, they were finally in a final form that was proposed uh, to the Office of Administrative Law in California. And that office has, uh, let's see, from June 2nd, 30 working days plus 60 calendar days to process those and confirm that they're compliant with other California law. And then uh, once that's done, then those regulations will go to the Secretary of State and become law. And that has not happened yet. Um, the California Attorney General requested expedited review, but who knows? They're, they're, they have a backlog. But in any event, the Attorney General has announced uh, that they are beginning enforcement of the CCPA statute itself on July 1st. But they said that, you know, they they recognize that there's sort of going to be some incremental compliance because the draft regulations kept changing. And so it's difficult to constantly keep up uh, with it as a moving target. So my presentation is focused on um, how to operationalize the the final proposed version of the regulation and specifically with regard to. Um, the kinds of notices that have to be uh, provided, um, both in a privacy policy and at the point of collection of personal information, and also um, to focus on how to respond to, uh, in in the event that people do actually start making requests for either to opt out of the sale of their data or for you know, their personal information or to request that their information be deleted. And so we're going to go through the specifics of what the regulations require with regard to those issues. I'm Mary Jane Wilson-Billick. I go by MJ. I'm a partner at Eversheds Sutherland in Washington, D.C. 
Uh, I have been uh, practicing privacy law as well as cybersecurity law for about the last 10 of my 25 years uh, as a lawyer. I uh, have advised mostly financial <coughs> institutions and, and fintech firms on compliance with uh, with the uh, with the various laws, the Gramlich Bliley and CCPA, but for this pre- segment of of our webcast, uh, I'm going to focus on the changes to the CCPA that are in on the horizon, uh, particularly this uh, initiative ballot initiative uh, that we expect Californians to approve in November. That is- initiative is called the California Privacy Rights Act, the CPRA. And so that initiative could significantly change the CCPA by adding a lot of new consumer rights as well as requiring businesses to implement those rights, similar to what Jana has just talked about for the current CCPA. Uh, so for this segment of the webcast, we'll be discussing uh, the new consumer right to, to correct their personal data, uh, this new concept of sensitive personal information, which is similar to what is in the GDPR, uh, that information such as race or gender or exact location, uh, that, that kind of data uh, would be subject to a consumer's right to limit its use and disclosure. Uh, we'll discuss exactly what that means. Um, then we'll also talk about some of the new contract requirements that all entities will be required to uh, implement if they receive personal information. And there are some very interesting new provisions on limiting uh, cross-contextual advertising, automated decision-making, and profiling. Uh, those are, are very interesting topics focused a lot on artificial intelligence, and it might be very groundbreaking uh, in terms of the U.S. law landscape for AI. And then finally, we'll talk a little bit about the new uh, privacy agency, this California Privacy Protection Agency, the CCPA, that would uh, be enacted, it would go into effect uh, under the CPRA, and that will give an an agency dedicated just to privacy enforcement and to, uh, and who will have the ability to levy fines and uh, have many of the powers that the uh, current Attorney General has uh, under the CCPA. So that'll be the focus of, of segment two. My name is Ken Dort, and I am a partner in the Chicago office of Vagary uh, Drinker, Bill and Reese. Uh, recently merged firm, as of February, um, and I have been in the uh, IT cyber privacy space um, probably for about the same as, as MJ, about 25 years, and uh, obviously cyber, you know, really the last 10 or, 10 or 15 years. Um, and so what uh, I'm going to be talking about um, at, at, the, at the presentation will really be a little bit, just a little bit more granular than what than than my my colleagues so far, and it's really going to be two points. First is the 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 private right of action provisions uh, talk about reasonable security procedures and practices, and I'm going to talk about really what what does that phrase mean? What kind of requirements does that uh, potentially impose on applicable businesses? Um, you know, for example, I'm going to look at kind of potential sources in terms of the GDPR, NIST, 
and uh, the CIS controls from the CIS Center, um, which was the entity that uh, the California Attorney General specifically referenced um, back in uh, February of 2016. Kind of going into detail in terms of what exactly what goes potentially require or at least would provide indicia and direction for companies in in this space. And then the second, the other point I'm going to talk about would be just not so much the exposure, but the triggering points for data breaches under the CCPA. I mean, in talking to clients and and on the the kind of the presentation circuit, um, there seems to be kind of a, a very broad brush belief that uh, the CCPA has created private rights of action for data breaches per se. And that, that isn't quite accurate. Um, while there are private rights of action, they are for a, real, a rather limited uh, frame of, of, of data breaches. And I'm going to go into kind of detail on what are the specific triggers that will, uh, you know, give rise to a, a potential private right of action under the, the CCPA. And then as an example, as a case study, I'm going to talk a little bit about the, the Barnes case um, uh, that was filed back in February um, that while it it uh, you know, relates to a, a breach that occurred in late 2019 and doesn't technically arise under the CCPA, it does reference the CCPA. And so we're going to kind of just use that as kind of a, a frame of reference. My name is Charu Ganesh, and I'm an attorney with uh, Varnum, a full-service law firm that's based in Michigan. Um, I'm a part of our firm's multidisciplinary data privacy and cybersecurity practice team. And at our upcoming webinar, um, I'm going to be sharing my observations um, regarding some of uh, the other recent CCPA lawsuits that have been filed and the types of issues that we're expecting courts to weigh in on that will um, further define the scope of the statute's private right of action. So um, as Ken just discussed, uh, the CCPA allows consumers to bring claims um, against companies if they're non-encrypted and non-redacted. PI is subject to unauthorized access and exfiltration um, as a result of a business's failure to implement and maintain reasonable security procedures and practices. Um, so this private right of action, uh, as it's written, is uh, essentially supposed to limit it to um, data breaches. But um, and as Ken pointed out, the private right of action also has some key limitations, um, and there are requirements where uh, consumers have to give businesses the opportunity to cure a violation uh, and can't pursue statutory damages until the business um, notifies the consumer that they've cured it. Um, and there, there are all of these requirements here, but um, not all the lawsuits brought in recent months have actually alleged uh, data breaches and businesses' failure to uh, take adequate data security measures. For example, some claims uh, like the lawsuits against Ring, TikTok, and Zoom um, actually arise out of uh, the company's uh, alleged failures to comply with the CCPA's notice and opt-out provisions. Um, so many of these class actions assert a violation of one of the CCPA's um, uh, substantive requirements and link it to California's unfair competition law, which actually provides a separate uh, and broader private right of action for unlawful activity. Um, So the courts will still need to decide if the CCPA's limitations on the private right of action um, 
preclude these claims or whether um, plaintiffs are going to be able to go forward with this. Um, and because there are so many um, new theories that are being presented um, regarding the CCPA, uh, there is a potential that businesses could face um, a pretty unknown and potentially significant um, risk of liability. So I encourage you to give the webinar a listen on August 19th and to learn a little bit more about uh, the potential liability and how you can uh, prepare for those risks. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group podcast. Don't forget more information about our speakers, their full agenda. Now to sign up to the listen to the event, both live and on demand. That's all in the description box down below. Don't forget about that code podcast 25 to get 25% off that paid webcast registration. The very first one. And until August 19th, take care. Bye for now.